When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I'm Billy Embody. With me is Matthew Bruni today as we are doing a breaking edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I guess we should just call it the Bengal Tiger Podcast. We're dabbling in some recruiting. We're going to dabble in some team. But let's lead off with the big news on the recruiting front of the day. And that is that LSU just reeled in commitment number 28 from the high school ranks. And that is Katie Texas Offensive lineman Cohen Eccles, a top 200 prospect on the on three industry ranking, um, just outside the top 200 for on three, uh, but either on the on three industry ranking or at on three, you're looking at a top 12 interior offensive lineman. He picked the Tigers over Auburn and Texas A&M. He was committed to the Aggies um, for a few months, really, uh, after uh, the summer. And then with the coaching changes, backed off that pledge and LSU swooped in with a last-minute official visit the final weekend before the early signing period. And Brad Davis stayed red hot, reeling him in uh, for this 2024 recruiting class. Matty B., uh, first of all, great to do this with you. Uh, I know Shay and I are usually um, doing these together, and then, yes. of course, you and Shay. So it's nice to have the crossover. Let's get your thoughts on Cohen Eccles. You just watched him. Um, what do you see from this big boy out of Texas? Yeah, he was uh, really impressive. Uh, obviously, you know, we've gone through, we've seen all the players now that have committed or that have signed with LSU. And um, the offensive line class has been one that a lot of people have talked about. Um, I've, I mean, I've, we've loved it. Uh, you and I both, I have Shea, Shea as well. So to add Eccles now, you you watch his tape 6'3", you know, getting close to, uh, to 300 pounds, at least listed. Um, great power, great base, like just the, the foundation he has, um, from the legs up really impresses you. And I think, you know, an exciting part of this is that he clearly can play center. And, uh, I know it's not as much of a concern anymore since the, where, where LSU was, you know, two years ago where it was like, who's going to play center, but, uh, especially with DJ Chester, but he has the versatility to play center and, uh, you know, DJ Chester, is still in, is still in the room and he's still developing, but you know there's a two year uh, gap between those guys or a one year gap between those guys. Um, so I, I think there's a lot to like here. He can play any of the three positions on the interior. Uh, looked comfortable. I mean, really, even in the stat in the snaps that he took uh, at all five positions. And I think Eccles' base and his foundation gives him a lot of. Uh, upward trajectory uh, moving forward. And we know how good Brad Davis is with, with improving guys and getting the most out of them. So I, I love this pickup. This is, and obviously Katie, Texas, Katie is uh, as a high school, just in general, uh, seems to always produce offensive linemen. I know um, Ashton Funk who ended up committing to A&M. We saw him in camp in Baton Rouge. I was really impressed with him too. So yeah, good school, good player and a uh, good signing. Yeah, I, I like this a lot. And LSU fans uh, who've been following recruiting for a minute always clamor for LSU to do more recruiting in the Houston area. Well, uh, they do have a Louisiana native in Jelani Watkins who's playing his high school ball or, well, has already finished that up at Humble uh, Atascacita. But 
you have Cohen Eccles, a true Houston guy uh, there who is now uh, probably going to be announced uh, at some point while we're recording this podcast by LSU, I'd imagine, as an official signee. Um, he told um, people around him that he was going to sign during the early signing period and then release it on his birthday, which is today, Friday. So happy birthday to Cohen. Uh, a really good kid. I got to catch up with him after his official visit Sunday night. And he he's always been a really well-spoken, nice young man, complimentary of everybody. But when I talked with him after this visit, I felt like, man, LSU did a really good job on this trip. Brad Davis, um, Steve DeMeo, Carl St. Cyr, all those guys that helped recruit the offensive linemen for LSU just did a really nice job with him and his family. Uh, he's a really just good young, young man who's going to have a chance now to develop behind DJ Chester. Brad Davis offered him in the spring after going by and seeing him. And it was kind of not necessarily too late because he turned right around and gave LSU an unofficial visit right after that offer. But he ended up going to Texas A&M um, or at least committing to Texas A&M. And Brad Davis, like we saw with Weston Davis, like we've seen with a lot of these guys in his class, he just recruits them really, really hard. Um, I, I like to compare Brad Davis uh, to somebody who who recruits like he's going to lose his job the next day in terms of uh, he's you know kind of scared to to lose his job and and that's kind of what you want when you're getting paid as much as these guys are is to recruit that uh, tenaciously and and that um, effectively as well uh, which is a good thing for LSU they've been able to rebuild this offensive line over the last three years and um, this is a nice what should be final piece of the high school class in 2024. Uh, with Cohen Eck, or well, I, I guess I forget this. Is, we've still got the late signing period, but yeah. Terry Bussey, Dominic McKinley, still very much on the board. So don't. I was going to say, I was like, do you just mean off the computers? Into the, yeah, don't throw the computers out the window or, <laughs> or your phone into the pool or whatever. So sorry about that, guys. But um, it's been a long week, uh, clearly. So uh, LSU still has a chance to uh, get those guys on board uh, if they can, but um, at least final piece for the early signing period. In yeah, Cohen for the Eccles. offensive line, most yeah. likely. And I'm Brad Davis in general, just in the three years uh, since since Brian Kelly's gotten here, if you, if you want to go back even further, you can. But just in these three years, um, just an incredible job to build this offensive line and you know not rely on the portal. You hear it a lot of times in college football where, you know, the offensive line is, is in a position where you want to be portaling every year. It's not a position where you want to fill two starting spots with just guys just like, uh, you know, from wherever um, in terms of raising up. Now you add you added Miles Frazier from the portal, yes, but the rest of them obviously developed. And Brad Davis, we know how good of a coach he is with um, technique and just refining guys. So they're adding, you know, all these offensive linemen and you still have, we still haven't seen uh, Lance Hurd and GJ Chester and uh, Tyree Adams, who we were high on as well. And then, you know, we'll see how Paul Mabanga develops, but just an awesome, awesome job uh, from him developing this offensive line. Yeah. So for those keeping track at home, he has Cohen Eccles now, but he has Weston Davis, who's a five-star on on three. He's got Ethan Calloway, a guy who's just sitting on the top 100 for on three. He's got Ori Williams, who we're high on at on three. We're having him on the cusp of being a four-star. Kyrie Lee and Joe Cryer out of Louisiana. So a really nice offensive line haul, uh, some developmental tackles, some true elite kind of traits that you look for in mm -hmm. offensive linemen, some nasty with guys like Cohen Eccles and Joe Cryer for sure. And I just think Brad Davis, Brian Kelly continue to uh, check the box really well when it comes to that position. Yeah. And that's what we knew they would do uh, whenever, whenever Brian Kelly got here, um, you know, him and Brad Davis, that's, 
talk about people that have a, um, a track record of developing offensive linemen and recruiting offensive linemen. So a very different spot than where LSU fans were uh, just a few years ago, just probably four or five years ago where with the offensive line, obviously before I got here, but um, just from the stories that, that y'all tell, it was uh, rough for, for a while. It was a time. <laughs> um, speaking of a time, uh, we encourage you guys to uh, check out our, our friends at game time. So you can have a time down in Tampa at the ReliQuest Bowl uh, at Raymond James Stadium right there near the airport. It's an easy trip for you guys, uh, particularly from Louisiana or some of you guys that are our listeners across the country, to fly right in there, get off the plane, and make that kickoff uh, for LSU-Wisconsin on New Year's Day. And I tell you, the great thing about game time is that they have those last-minute ticket deals. So if you get that itch on New Year's Eve, you know, you've had a couple pops or something – and you and your boys say, you know what? Let's fly down to Tampa tomorrow and see LSU. And we can get in and get off the plane and go right to the game. Well, you can hit up the Game Time app, which takes just minutes to download and then seconds to find those tickets. And once you find them, you can get them in two taps uh, using Apple Pay or however you want to link up that account at Game Time. And when you do download the app, use the code TIGERS on this purchase for $20 off your first purchase. That's Tigers, T-I-G-E-R-S, for $20 off your first purchase. Uh, terms do apply of, on this, but uh, whenever I look for tickets and Maddie B and Shay, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times it's kind of last minute. You know, you're looking for a concert, you're looking for uh, a comedy show or a sporting event or what have you, and that's why we partner with Game Time. You get to preview your, your seats on the Game Time app. Um, you can do all those things and also lean on those flash deals, um, especially – if you're looking to buy last minute tickets on game day, that'll be the move uh, for you guys. So uh, great gift here with Christmas coming up uh, is to get into the ReliQuest Bowl between LSU and Wisconsin. Use our friends game time promo code Tigers for $20 off your first purchase game time. Download it today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, we we wanted you guys to obviously buy those tickets right now and maybe ignore what we're going to talk about right now. But that's another coaching search uh, on on LSU's hands here. And that is for the offensive coordinator position. Mike Denbrock has accepted the job to head to uh, Notre Dame um, and and head back to South Bend, a place he's very familiar with. He reunites with Marcus Freeman, uh, some other staffers who he's very familiar with. He gets closer to where he spent the large part of his career uh, which is up there in the Midwest. And so LSU, after the record-setting season, the Heisman Trophy winning uh, season for Jaden Daniels, they're on the hunt now for an offensive coordinator. Mike Denbrock came down with Brian Kelly uh, after Tommy Reese opted to stay up there. He's now at Bama. So uh, this is the first, or I guess the second, um, coordinator hire for Brian Kelly uh, on the offensive side since he's been here. And um, he's got some internal options, Matty B., He's got some external ones, I'm sure, with the salary and the pedigree of what LSU's done offensively lately. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to see where Brian Kelly goes here. Yeah, this is um, 
I'm just staying on the, the Denbrock point of it or um, kind of what happened last year. It's, I mean, he deserves tons of credit for this, right? Um, obviously for what they were able to accomplish um, that can be said. And then you can also say that he had a fantastic, I mean, offensive personnel as well, right? Jaden Daniels, Malik neighbors, Brian Thomas, one of the three best offensive lines in the country, you know, the pieces were in place too, which he deserves credit for. Um, and then you can also add in the fact that we believe he has one of the best offensive staffs in America uh, as well, right? Joe Sloan and Cortez Hankton and Brad Davis, who we just talked about. So all of this can be true. Um, I think, uh, like I said, I do think he deserves a, a lot of credit for that. I think last year's offense was built largely in his identity when you go back and look at a lot of the offenses he's had. Um, and then Jaden Daniels and company just take it to another level. So um you know, that that's kind of my overarching thought about what last year was. And now when you look ahead, if you're an LSU fan, it's like, all right, how do we move forward? And how do you balance, you know, what we have already in the house and what we have and what we could find, um, you know, from another school potentially. And I do think there is something to be said of just, you know, in my opinion of Denbrock and this staff have very clearly built this offense to be you know, kind of what we saw last year and I think what we could see next year in terms of the personnel that they have at tight end, in terms of the talent that they've acquired at running back with with Caleb Jackson, Caden Durham, and so on. And then obviously obviously on the offensive line, right? This is going to be a team that has a very, very strong offensive line, um, has um, the talent at tight end to run 12 personnel, potentially 11, 12 personnel. Um, and has a quarterback, Garrett Nussmeyer, who, while he can't run as well as Jane Daniels does, does provide you the um, deep threat element that uh, Daniels was able to provide this year. So I'm excited because there are a couple ways this could go for Brian Kelly, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if if an answer is in-house because of, like I said, the, the foundation that they've built with this offensive personnel kind of fits what Denbrock did and maybe Sloan or Hankton or whoever Davis or whoever else can step in and be like, all right, Hey, we know what, we know what the expectation is and now we can just kind of continue it. I'm interested to see if that's the route, but it also wouldn't surprise me at all if, you know, they went um, for another hire. Yeah. And a little background on this. Uh, when we saw the official report that Mike Denrock, Denbrock was in the mix for this job, I called around to a couple of uh, agents that I know and, and people around the industry and kind of, who take a look at this and, and, and Hey, make, make sense of this for me. Like why would Mike Denbrock leave LSU after what he just did? And, and, you know, I look back, I remember when Joe Brady left for the NFL that we knew he wanted to get back to the NFL. That was his thing. Mike Denbrock. I mean, from what I understand, wanted to get back closer to home. You know, he, he spent two years here um, in Baton Rouge and, and building this thing up and did a great job in that respect, clearly um, with what he was able to do this season. But um you know, there's, there's also, and, and I want to kind of explain this and Maddie B tell me if I'm crazy, but if you're a coach and you kind of look at your, your trajectory and also the, like, I don't think Mike Denbrock leaves for many other jobs. I really don't. I, I, I mean, I, Michigan even wouldn't make sense with kind of their ground pound. Like, yeah, even if it was up closer to home, I just don't, I don't know if he leaves for it, but he does have a question at quarterback. That's why they brought in AJ Swan in a way. Mm -hmm. They're betting on Garrett Nussmeyer being very good. 2025, you look ahead and you hope that Bryce Underwood is on campus or 
you know, Garrett Nussmeyer was kind of like Jaden in his first year, solid, you know, yeah. it can help you win games. And then you hope he takes the next leap. But all of that is not guaranteed. What is guaranteed right now is that the Notre Dame job was open. You have familiarity. You like it up there in the Midwest. I mean, he's really not gone outside of it. And yeah. so you make this move with the kind of foresight of saying, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to put together what we've put together as of late. I'm going to make the move now. Brian Kelly is going to be in a good spot. He's got a great staff. And that's what multiple agents reiterated and what we already know. Joe Sloan, Cortez Hankton, Frank Wilson, Brad Davis, all the oh, analysts. Yeah, I didn't, even, I didn't even mention Frank Wilson. Sorry. Yeah, that is yeah, like <laughs> this is this is as good of an offensive staff as you can want yeah. uh, in college football. Um, and, and in particular, when your head coach isn't like a play caller. Yeah, um, that this is a very, very good situation. It's not like he's, you know, giving the middle finger double birds on the way out of LSU. Like he just wanted to kind of be back closer to home. And I think this was his his opportunity to strike for some of those other reasons on the actual football field. And so now Brian Kelly does have an opening. He's got a tight ends job and that happens to be where the offensive coordinator was. We'll see. He could promote somebody like a Joe Sloan or a Cortez Hankton or whoever else, and they can go out and hire a tight ends coach. They could promote Terry Malone, who has helped recruit all of these tight ends that they've assembled. There, there are just so many options. You could go out and, and hire you know, somebody who's more power spread where they operate in 12 personnel a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, than kind of how the, the offensive style that LSU is – deployed mm -hmm. looks there's a lot of different ways they can go about this yeah I, I do think from the Denbrock perspective if the ultimate goal was to to get closer to home which you know he's what 59 years old 60 years old yeah, um if that's the goal you're not going to find many better opportunities here especially with the relationships that um he has at Notre Dame already and um, yeah, I mean, their expectation for LSU's offense next year is to be very good, but not being the number one offense, um, in large part this year was predicated on Jay Daniels legs, his, I mean, his incredible amount of improvements from year one to year two in the system. And, um, while I am as high on Garrett Nussmeyer as anybody here, um, it's, it's a question mark still, it's still, we still need to and see receiver. We never started the game. <laughs> we, we don't, we don't know. So, yeah. and the receivers, I think is a question mark too. We'll have to see how those, those guys improve. So yeah, I do understand it from that perspective. And now he goes there with a lot of security to Notre Dame with a, you know, coming off a number one offense. Uh, you can now say, all right, even if it doesn't work in Notre Dame for year one or year two, I mean, you are, you are almost entitled to like multiple years of job security there. And you have um, Riley Leonard in there too now. And you have Riley Leonard in there too. So, and they have they have proven that they can get quality, you know, transfer quarterbacks there. So it's not he like he's going to some. He's not he's not going to Cincinnati again, or he's not going yeah. to uh, a, an average offense or an average program here. This is Notre Dame, which we know is is, is quality. So uh, it makes sense from that perspective. Um, yeah, I, I think there's. It, this this offense next year is just really fascinating to me, which we have a whole offseason to preview. We don't need to talk about it in depth, but it is very um, intriguing to me where um, they go from here. Yeah, so we're going to be tracking that on the Bengal Tiger. Uh, Shea Dixon uh, already dropped his thoughts kind of on a quick take reaction. We'll have our hot board up uh, here Friday night uh, before you, probably around the time this podcast uh, gets released. But um, So look for that. Um, but before we move on to kind of closing down the early signing period, 
Uh, I do have to remind you guys that uh, Rogue Shop is the official sponsor and home for the Bengal Tiger when it comes to legal CBD, THC, and more. You can use promo code BENGALTIGER for 10% off your order at rogueshop.com. Chat with Richard and Char, the veterans who own the business. It's a small business, family run, and you can chat with them live on their rogueshop.com website and get the lowdown, whether it's anxiety, whether it's sleep, whether it's pain, and you need help managing all of that, you can look to the team at Roadshop to get a high-quality product that's made by hand. It's all checked out through all the legal entities that it needs to be uh, checked out by, uh, and you can order the pain cream, which is great for me after hockey. Uh, Shay's talked to you guys a lot about the tinctures. There's pre-rolls, there's gummies, um, there's pet medication to help pet stress and uh, things like that. So we love Rogue Shop. We appreciate their support of the podcast and um, check them out. Make a good stocking stuffer with that promo code Bengal Tiger for ten percent off. How's how's hockey been going for you lately? Have you been playing? Uh, we we had a sub goalie oh. uh, on uh, Wednesday night, ten forty five, ten forty five game. I was up at about five thirty, headed to Duncanville that morning, and uh, my day my day did not end until about one thirty. By the time I had calmed down enough to get into bed uh so i got off dice about midnight so definitely needed the rogue shop looking forward to some rest this weekend um as soon as we get done with this podcast so um maddie b when you look at this 2024 recruiting class let's lead off with this as we can kind of button up some things you first of all if you guys aren't a subscriber to the bengal tiger check us out for just a dollar and go immediately read all of maddie b's scouting reports on these signings over seven thousand words on them Gifts, highlights, all sorts of things uh, in there for you guys. All good stuff. Who's a guy on the on three rankings that you feel like you're you're even higher on? Like who who's not maybe not a sleeper, but who do you feel like can really outperform a ranking in this class? The immediate spot that I I love in this. Um in on this uh on this in this recruiting class is the linebacker position um just xavier atkins D- devon uh, keys uh even if you want to throw collage cobbins in there as as kind of a jack uh, flex linebacker um i i like all three of them but I'll, I'll say devon keys um really as the one to me that i think could just be an awesome player uh rated 89 by on three um you know a four, fringe four-star guy on the industry and you were there. You saw Alito play. This is a dude who, I mean, he was the best player on the field in that in that 5A state championship game. And the entire year, when you go back and watch what he's done, he has just been a consistent playmaker in every facet of the game. And so uh, this is a guy um, who I could see coming in and maybe not pushing for immediate minutes but or immediate snaps, but with Whit Weeks in the room and then Greg Penn, you know, also there, I think Keys could be the next up i also um like i said uh xavier atkins is another guy who i'm incredibly high on so i i look at keys the playmaking the the sideline sideline ability i have just overall the run uh the way he fills the run gaps uh the vision uh, he doesn't get blocked easily so he's probably the one for me that i'm like okay <clears throat> i had him in my class i mean in my personal rankings i had him as a top five player in this class which i understand like maybe Maybe he doesn't reach that, and I understand all the question marks uh, potentially, but uh, just production at this level is kind of important to me, and to see him be the best player on the field in that title game was 
it kind of sold me. Yeah, um, Devon is is really wired well, um, I would say too, and and he'll be able to come in as an early enrollee. He's going to get a chance to go to the All American Bowl in San Antonio now, and and show his stuff, which is going to be a lot of fun for him, a, a good feather in his cap to end his high school career. Um, and he'll be able to, you know, maybe make make some noise and move up. Um, I've been campaigning for him to be a four star for on three. I get it. You know, he's not the tallest. He's not mm-hmm. um, the, the longest or this or that uh, when it comes to some of the NFL stuff. But man, yeah. he was productive throughout his entire high school career at a very, very high level. Um, and he's a winner, too. So that counts a little bit for something. I'm going to go um, with a guy that uh, just absolutely dominated in the state championship game. Um, and that's Caden Durham. I, I yeah. think we have him just a little bit too low. Uh, we have him outside the top 100, um, but not far, like 111, I think. Uh, but And we have him as a top 10 running back. But I think he should be a top five back in the class. Um, I think he's very much a guy who is um, ready now. Like you look at Caleb Jackson as a senior and he got hurt and then yeah. he went and ran track. And he was healthy enough to recover and be awesome in that. Um, if he had a senior year, he was going to be yep. one of the top guys in the state. Well, Caden Durham had that senior year. He also was physically developed to the point where, like, you just have to work with him on quickness, flexibility, um, and just continue to kind of get stronger or whatever, like at the college level that guys yeah. do when they're at around a training table and things like that. But there isn't this like massive growth that, you know, when people saw Caleb Jackson in fall camp or um, the picture of him from the state game, you know, people were like, oh, my God, that's a grown man. Well, Caden Durham uh, is physically ready to go, which I think is going to help him at LSU. Obviously, he'll get there this summer. He's going to run track. He's going to take aim um, at a state championship in that. And then he'll get a chance to head to Baton Rouge and start pushing for early playing time right now. We don't expect LSU to take a transfer back. We'll see if that changes, but they're going to lean on Caleb Jackson. They're going to probably have Josh Williams back. Um, Mm -hmm. They'll have some of these other guys, but I think Caden Durham, especially with how physical he runs, he's not really scared of anything. I think he'll have a chance to have a really high floor and in that sense, outperform his ranking. I I completely agree. I, I think, I think he's the safest pick of this class to be really good like the absolute safest. I am just from year one, like you said, them can not taking a portal back potentially speaks to how good they think he is and how ready they think he is. Um, so yeah, Caden Durham, uh, you mentioned it, uh, you, you laid it all out really well, but I, I just think we saw him go against DeSoto. We saw him go against North shore. I mean, he's gone against the best teams in Texas and he's in every game seemingly has a run or two or three where you're just like, all right, that guy is still, faster than everybody still more explosive than everybody on the field it's it's incredible he's he's the number two player to me in this class i agree i think he's probably top five back um overall in the country uh, and that's with limited you know viewing of all the other backs but just from what we've seen in backs throughout the years that's a that's a force that's a high four star back to me who's your top player in the class i know you you did your own individual rankings i'm going to come out with mine after after christmas Who's your your number one? Share that with the with the class on the podcast for those who aren't yeah. subscribers. Yeah, it's it's it, it aligns with with the on three and the industry ranking. I think um, uh, it is trade as green. I think trade as green is uh, I, I I the way I phrase it is last year. You know, we got excited about Camorian Pimpton, and I think rightfully so because he was awesome in high school. And you know, I still think he can be a really good player. 
Trades Green with only a few years of playing football looks like a souped up version of Camorian Pimpton to me. And that, that yeah. I, I this sounds crazy, but like he, the way he moves, like he's already significantly it feels more more developed than where Pimpton even was because I had questions about Pimpton, you know, physically and his route running and stuff like that. Green isn't just the guy who's going up to get 50 50 balls. He is legitimately outrunning people. He is beating them on routes. He is um, so athletic that he can catch the ball with the middle of the field, make a move and be gone at six foot seven. Um, I, I didn't, <laughs> obviously this is like a long time ago, but like, I feel like this is what it was like watching LeBron James play football. Like it's literally <laughs> feels like that. Um, so I, I don't know if if Tradez Green and I'm not saying he's a slam dunk. Um, you know, I the way I felt about like Harold Perkins two years ago, it's like all right, that guy's an all American. But the ceiling here is out of this world. And so I'm interested interested to see how you know LSU develops him. I obviously don't think he's like a great blocker at this point, but uh, I don't really care about his blocking right now. Just uh, throw throw him the ball and win. And he can do it at all three levels, like I said. So I, I love Trade as Green, and he's my number one player. Yeah, I, I think that's an excellent pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight a guy on the defensive side of the ball that I'm really really high on. Um, and I kind of I always try my best to learn a little thing or two about maybe past mistakes. Um, and and I'm gonna go with Deshaun McBride, and and a couple reasons why. One, I just love him in coverage. Um, I, I think he's uh, just very, very productive in, in in the back end, which is, I think, in today's college football, so hard to do um, playing that safety position. And so when you're productive in high school, I mean, I'll go out and I'll watch a, like a safety, um, you know, however many times a year, and I'm going out there to watch him. And they just get nothing. They, you know, don't, don't do much. They're kind of probably looking a little bored back there. Um, but this is a guy that has just made an impact every way possible for Denim Springs over the last two years. Um, and I liked what he did in seven on seven as well. Um, when I got a chance to see him in those settings, uh, both at LSU camp and on the circuit. But one thing I learned a few years ago, and I was not as high on Christian Harris as some other people. Uh, and so when he signed with Alabama, for example, out of Baton Rouge, uh, I was like, eh, he's not gonna be able to play linebacker. He's kind of scared to hit. Uh, from what I've seen out, out of him playing corner out there for you high. And I just think some of these guys just need to see a college weight room and the cream kind of rises to the top a little bit too. And when you're as athletic as Deshaun McBride is, I mean, I, I totally could see him being Grant Delpit. That's been my comp for him for a long, long time. Um, and you can add some weight onto him and who knows, he could play, you know, kind of an Isaiah Simmons type of role um, yeah. too in, in a defense. So I think he's going to be stellar. I, I think any concerns about him tackling, which, I mean, that that's kind of a piece that he needs to improve on um, just in general from what we've seen on film and things like that. I think he's going to do that with more time in the weight room, filling out his frame. Um, but you see him. He posted a picture of him and Brian Kelly, and not like Brian Kelly's the tallest guy in the world, but you can just see where Deshaun McBride's frame can take him. And so uh, we have him as a top 75 player. I'm really high on him um, if he – I mean, Grant Delpit, I think, went in the second round. So, I mean, he, you're not far off there yeah. um, from from that being an accurate you know, ranking. But really, really high on Deshaun McBride. I, I think he's going to be a, an awesome addition and play early for LSU. 
Yeah, um, love the coverage range, um, coverage range, uh, the playmaking ability, the size, the length. Uh, like you said, that the overall like run defense, we'll see. But you know, it's it's not a position. I don't think he'll ever, or I, I mean, maybe he will, but I don't think at this moment he's like the the safety that's going to come down in the box, and that's fine. Like you still LSU needs so much help in the defensive backfield right now that I wouldn't be surprised at all if McBride got significant snaps, like. Jarden Gilbert kind of has a similar type of um, of play style in terms of their coverage ability. Um, so, you know, maybe he steps in for Gilbert every now and then uh, from year one. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that. I I, I like McBride as well. Yeah. All right. Let's end with this um, and, and kind of forward looking um, because, you know, as soon as the, you know, ink dries, um, you have one pick between Dominic McKinley and Terry Bussey. Uh, I think I know which way you'll go, but I'll ask it to you just so, uh, I can kind of rectify uh, my little slip up earlier. And, and and we talk about these guys because they did not sign during the early signing period, um, or at least as of now, it uh, looks like they're yeah. not going to sign. Um, don't think we're in for a surprise there. But uh, five-star athlete, Terry Bussey, uh, five-star defensive lineman, Dominic McKinley. Uh, who do you think makes a bigger impact at the college level? And who do you think is more important for LSU to go and get? I, I do think those are two separate questions um, because I LSU's defensive tackle position is just such a question mark right now for me. And I, as much as, you know, I do like Relaford and, and the, the defensive, like CJ Jackson, those guys aren't, you know, D tackles really um, in, in that way, at least not in the way that I think, you know, McKinley potentially could be. So it, looking at it from that perspective, like you could, you could definitely take McKinley in terms of importance, but um, I'm just, I'm taking Terry Bussey um ultimately i i just the athleticism the playmaking on um and the the fluidity the way he moves all around the field uh this is this is a real real game changer um to me if lsu is able to land him so i the the way lsu's uh secondary class had kind of shaped out especially kind of at the cornerback position you i still do have some question marks and i think a lot of people when looking at this class maybe do have question marks in, in the secondary so um you know bussy i think is a guy who could step in and immediately like quell those questions and immediately compete um wherever he wants to play or wherever the, the coaching staff wants them to play so i i, I think bussy he's gonna have an awesome college career i think he has um, the potential to just really be like a game breaker type. So I, I think Bussy's my pick for for most impactful. But the LSU's lack of defensive defensive alignment make make that a little bit more challenging of a question. Yeah, I I, I think LSU needs to go and get Dominic McKinley if if given a choice. Yeah. Um, but I do love Terry Bussy. I thought he was awesome in the playoffs. He plays quarterback. He played a little bit more of uh, the defensive side in the playoffs for Timpson. They did win state. He's explosive. I just think Dominic McKinley in the right situation is going to grow into an absolute monster on the defensive line. And, and defensive tackles are weird. You can go out and watch him one game. Mm -hmm. I mean, go look at Trey Green last year. The film that we got of him early on in that season was not good in person. Mm -hmm. And he went on to have 900 yards receiving. Sometimes defensive tackles can kind of come and go a little bit in terms of just their overall production. Well, he did turn it on late in the season. And look, there's a lot of people in Louisiana that are betting against this guy. And that's because he is so high profile because it is a hot button subject of defensive tackle recruiting, both for this podcast and for the Bengal Tiger. Uh, so I think LSU's got to go get Dominic McKinley. They've done well to set up the official visit. 
mm-hmm. in January. He's supposed to visit Tennessee as well. Um, it's it it's going to be really interesting if they can reel him in because he's somebody that again in a college weight room can really stack some weight on. Um, pretty much church, video games, and football for him, and uh, that's a good recipe for success. Um, honestly, you know, a lot better than than some. So uh, you don't really have to rein him in. Uh, you just really have to tell him to go a little bit more. And uh, with his athleticism, I think he'd be really special at the college level. So um, if LSU can get him, they would clean up in Louisiana uh, in a big, big way. And uh, I think he would be the, you know, one of the centerpieces for this class. So we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. Um, I think y'all, you and Shay have talked about this, but like if, in theory, the class, if it gets to 30 with McKinley and Bussey, um, would be i mean that's a different that's a, i don't know where how much higher it would take them in the rankings but i gotta um, believe top three i, I don't three, know they're already fifth and on threes rankings they're not yeah and they're they're a point behind ohio state i think and then there's a couple others up there to, yeah mean, it, yeah yeah i think they're, they're it close. changes the perception i think nationally too of yeah. this class because people look at this class i think nationally and say all right well they have 28 commits which is or signees, which is more than most teams, and the average rating maybe isn't as high as other teams. But you go get those two, um, then we're talking completely differently about this class. Then I think everybody is talking differently about this class. And you've addressed every need. And I'll say this about your point about Terry Bussey: I completely agree with kind of the corner, but but even like kind of the nickel. You know, yeah. if you get Bussey playing in the nickel, that's that's Kerry Vincent. I mean, that, I mean, little bit different player things like that, but the verified track speed, you know, I mean, Terry Bussey ran a sub 11 on a torn meniscus this spring. And that's stupid. <laughs> like, that is insane. So yeah. anyway, we'll see if LSU can, can reel them in, but Maddie B uh, any, any big plans for, for Christmas? You just hanging out with the fam, huh? Try, trying to hang out with the family, trying to, uh, obviously uh, we did this podcast. Um, hopefully no crazy news breaks in the next like, three matter. days. Doesn't during. Matter. <laughs> we're gonna, it's gonna be december 25th 9 a.m be like just gonna post a podcast with an out of office sign on just live feed <laughs> we gotta, if, if here's a rule if if breaking news happens on christmas day or christmas eve all three of us have to be on it so that way none of us are none of us are free of it we all three have to be on it i could be wrong i forgot who the last christmas commitment was but i want to say i could be wrong a lot of people can let me try if I can find out. I thought it was Elias Ricks. Um, mm. Let me see. Let me see. I, I thought it. Oh, man. You might, you I might would, yeah. I don't know. Um, can't find have, it. it doesn't you, have you put, throw, throw commit in. It commits to LSU, and it's all about transferring and things like that. But whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I haven't done a Christmas commitment in a minute, so fingers crossed we don't have one. Um, but if, if it were to happen, it'd be nice if it'd be Harlan Berry, even though he's moved his decision back yeah. to, you know, it'd be better be a good guy. That's what I say about holiday uh, commitments. They better be good. Don't, Man. you know, yeah, just hearing the name Harlan Berry. Yeah. I'm yep. ready. Get everybody going. Um, well, we better be going, um, and, and get with the, get to the family and all of that. So Merry Christmas, Maddie B. Merry Christmas to all Christmas. the Bengal Tiger listeners out there. Hit that subscribe button. We're rolling on the on the youtube channel just absolutely cooking so um enjoy the time maddie b and Mm -hmm. and uh, we'll be back on this podcast together again soon i'd imagine yep for sure all right everybody thanks for listening to this edition and we will catch you guys 
hopefully next week, uh, with uh, more from the Bengal Tiger podcast. For Matthew Bruni, I'm Billy Ambody. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and happy New Year's.